Welcome to episode 25 of the Search with Candor podcast, recorded on Friday the 30th of August. You are back with me now, Mark Williams-Cook, after a four-week break. I hope Ayush Kumar looked after you with some of the Search Knowledge recordings. And I've missed loads in a month, apparently, so um, I kept up to date. Uh, despite having baby duties with uh, the search world. And uh, I miss doing this because when I started actually doing this podcast, someone said to me, hey, you you know, are you going to actually have enough to talk about on a weekly basis? And I found it it's the opposite problem where I, I have to pick and choose what we want to squeeze into the 20 and 30 minutes we've got. And loads happened while I was away. There was more indexing bugs with, with Google, which I love talking about when uh, when Google messes up. Um, and I've come back to this 25th episode now, and uh, I've got Rob with me again. Hello. So Rob, uh, our in-house PPC expert, and much to my delight, Rob kind of sat down with me and just gave us a whole list of things he wants to talk about today uh, with PPC, because again, in the PPC world, there's been loads of updates as well. So we're going to be talking about uh, those updates from Google sunsetting some average position metrics to uh, new uh, maximizing of conversion values in Google Ads. And there's a couple of other bits I just want to go through as well. So before we get underway with the PPC stuff Rob wants to share with you. I've got a couple of footnotes that I think are worth mentioning that I thought of just before we sat down and uh, decided what we were going to talk about today, which is on Sunday. So that's going to be the on the 1st, so the 1st of September. Just a reminder, we did speak about it before, but Sunday, uh, the 1st of September, is when Google is making the change for how they handle robots.txt, specifically no index commands in robots.txt will stop working. So this means if you're using your robots.txt to block pages from getting indexed in Google, so whether it's a the staging or dev version of your site or some content that you don't want people to access through Google, and you're doing that through your robots.txt, that's going to stop working as of Monday. Uh, as of Sunday, sorry, so it, it may get indexed from then. Uh, there's a Google announcement on it. We've talked about it before, but put that in your diary. If you're still doing that, it really needs to get sorted. So it actually be stopped working actually by the time this podcast is broadcast on Monday. And the other thing I wanted to mention was, so I can, I can, I can put you into Google Ads mode here, Rob, which was this morning when I was putting the notes together for this show, I saw a report on search engine land that Google is now showing competitor ads on the local business profiles. So by local business profiles, I mean, if you Google a business's name, you'll get that little one box of information come up with their name, their map location, telephone number, you can click to go to their website. So we've probably all seen that before. And Google's actually now uh, been seen to use this space within this box of information about your company 
that's being triggered only when people really are searching for your company name to show ads for your competitors. I don't think you'd seen a live one of these, had you yet, Rob? No, I think it's a bit cheeky. <laughs> I think it's a step too far, but there you go. <laughs> They've gone too far, finally. This was this was the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Um, so it's certainly uh, encouraging more aggressive tactics to be used between competitors. There's whole discussions we've had with people before about uh, things like brand bidding. So brands having to bid on their own name on Google Ads. There's certainly, a, in a lot of cases, a, a, an ROI for that. But it's an interesting discussion because some people think, obviously, look, if someone's Googling my business's name, it should be Google's job just to return my website. Obviously, it's great for Google when brands are competing on their, you know, or paying for their own name and competing for their own brand traffic. But yeah, so we've started to see ads now within these uh, Google One box, like uh, the business information boxes. And there doesn't appear to be any way for businesses to pay to remove those ads. So that means if you are having competitor ads showing in your in your business box there's unfortunately nothing you can do to remove them but obviously i think that the trick here for google is if you start paying you can appear in your competitors ad space as well and i did see an interesting um, note which was an angle i hadn't considered in the search engine land article which was if they did if google did allow businesses to pay to remove competitor ads from their from their business profile box that's kind of bordering a little bit on kind of extortion there, which is we're going to do a thing unless you pay us not to. Whereas the model they've adopted or appear to be adopting is you can just pay to have those ads. We're already, uh, we already have live people also search for. So if you search like for our agency, you'll see uh, Google lists under our information box. People also search for and it will have similar agencies there so this is one step further because this is quite prominently placed in this in the um in the company information box so in the screenshot and i'll put a link to it in the show notes in the screenshot of the box the ad is actually running just below the buttons where you can click to call click to go to to website so i thought that was pretty interesting um i haven't seen any announcement on that as to whether that's officially happening or whether it's a test um but i suspect it will be rolled out. I'm going to just kind of hand over the torch to to you here. So <clears throat> I see from Rob's notes, um, he's got Google sunsetting average position metric on the 29th of September. So yes. tell us more about this. What does this well, mean? Well, they announced this back in February. Um, and perhaps like a lot of advertisers, I just pushed it to one side and hoped that it would never happen. I'm, ge- I'm genuinely very, You very, buried your head in the sand I is what you did. meant. I <laughs> did. I'm so sad. That metric has been with me since I first started pay-per-click and it served me so well because it's a really basic, simple metric. It tells you what your average position is. So anyway, they're getting rid of it. Um, and for some time now, they've replaced that metric um, with two main metrics. I've actually introduced a few. But the two main ones that they are aiming to replace average position with are impression top percentage and impression absolute top percentage. Those ones don't seem quite as clear to They're, me no. what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Neither in name nor in function, no. Um, so just to explain, 
impression top percentage is the percentage of time in which your ads appeared somewhere above the organic search results in the paid section. Gotcha. Absolute top percentage is the percentage of time that your ads showed in the absolute top position of the search results. So that just means number one. Number one or somewhere at the top. And Google has said that these two metrics provide much more clarity over ad position. Um, That's their opinion. Perhaps in the future it will do. I don't know. I guess I guess by splitting it out like that could mm. make some case because with averages, you know, the thing of Bill Gates walks into a football stadium of people and the average wealth of everyone goes up by a million dollars. So I guess the average position, if they're separating absolute top, mm-hmm. yeah. could be some cases where it's Possibly, clearer. yeah. I mean, just to be very, very clear, that these new metrics that they've introduced are very different they work very differently to average position and to be honest i'm still trying to get to grips with how that's going to influence things moving forward so while the average position metric is still active i've been comparing the two new metrics with average position and i have to say there's not much of a pattern Um, i've seen instances where i've been running campaigns for a long time that i know consistently generate a number one ad position Um, through looking at the average position metric and by testing it and seeing it's always at number one. And yet when I look at the these new metrics, they sometimes hit the 60% to 70% mark. So Google's saying, well, they're only in the top position 60 or 70% of the time. Um, This might make sense because actually, even though uh, average position may average out at position one, from time to time, it may fluctuate between position one and two, which, in my opinion, is, is fine. You know, it's it's not going to make a huge difference from a pay-per-click perspective. Um, but technically, if you're reporting on absolute top position, then it might be that 60% of the time, you're only getting the absolute 100% top position. So it... It's a it's a very different metric, and it's very diff- difficult to compare the two, partic- particularly as the new metric is a percentage. So there's no anchor for which to compare it to to know what the original position was. Yeah, I was having to really keep my brain engaged there yeah. to get this 60% I, of the 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see why I was burying my head in the sand for the last <laughs> few months. Um, so anyway, change happens. Change is good a lot of the time, so I've just been trying to embrace it and just stepping back a bit. I've recently been trying a split test for one of my accounts um, using the target impression share automated bidding strategy. Um, And I was running this, funny enough, for a brand campaign. And this is a brand campaign which consistently generates an average position of one. So it's bidding on the client's own brand name. And because it's the client's own brand name, I don't really want to invest a huge amount of money. So I tend to have it as a manual campaign and I tend to set it to a really low cost per click. So I thought it'd be interesting to do a target impression share strategy where I told Google to aim for a 100% absolute top impression share. And I thought I'll trust in Google and I'll let it do what it wants to achieve that. And at the end of the test, what, Google effectively did was triple the cost per click for this campaign and generate the same volume of clicks and the same average position. Yet I got a slightly higher 
top absolute impression share metric out of it. But actually, I guess my question is, so what? So I've got a higher absolute top impression share, but how does that how does that translate to actual clicks? How does it translate to actual impressions? And how does it translate to conversions? So this, this tripled, did you say? Yeah, tripled the cost per click for the same average position. Yet it influenced this new metric. But actually the actual output, the output that I'm only ever interested in a pay-per-click is the traffic and the sales and the profit. Um, so traffic and sales stayed the same profit went down because the cost per click went up and the conversion rate stayed the same. So I I guess the main takeaway that I would like to get out of this and to, to put across to anyone listening is that these new metrics are going to be very much at the top of Google's teaching when it comes to optimizing for traffic. And they're very much of the opinion now that impression shares a really important metric. And it's, it sounds really important because it's the percentage of time that your ads are showing in comparison to competitors. So advertisers are going to want to see you 100%. They're going to want their adverts to be at the number one position 100% of the time. Yeah, it's an easy sell. It is a it's really an easy, sell. easy sell, but it doesn't actually mean anything of substance when profit, sales, leads, cost per lead, whatever KPIs are important to you. Or on the line. So I I think it's just, as with all things, it's just another metric to look at, to consider, but by no means should you be over-optimizing for these two new metrics. As with average position, average position was never a metric that I would actually optimize for. I would always look at profit, look at my results, and look at the average position to see whether there is room to either reduce the bid or to increase the bid. So this really reinforces the case that you need that understanding and that tracking set up on your site or on your app or wherever. And that's because they're the closest thing to your business objectives. And that's what you need to be optimizing for, not the metrics you're getting directly from Google ads. Yeah. What I'd really like is for them to keep average position on there and also keep those two new metrics. Um, Why not have both? Well, we can try. Google, can you please keep average position? Thanks from Robin Mark. We'll see if that works. <laughs> that will work. We'll take I'm confident. <laughs> Just to jump in, actually, um, despite what a lot of pay-per-click managers will have you believe, Google Ads does actually have an algorithm of its own, and it's constantly changing. And over the years of managing pay-per-click accounts, there have been really subtle background changes that have completely impacted the performance of a pay-per-click account. So what used to work would suddenly stop working. What never worked before would suddenly work really effectively. And because of that, sometimes entire pay-per-click accounts need restructuring in order to handle those changes. And it's possible that these two new metrics may in fact reflect another change that's happening to the base algorithm, if you like, of Google Ads. Interesting theory. Maximize conversion value. This is a new bidding method within Google Ads. Is that right? It is. Brilliant. Tell us about that. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've spoken before about the various automated bidding strategies that are available, and there's quite a few now. Now there's an additional one. 
So I'm going to just quickly summarize three of the automated bidding strategies that fall under the maximize label. So you have maximize clicks, which is where Google will aim to drive as many clicks as possible within your daily budget. Now, as part of this setting, it will aim to spend your entire daily budget. So if you set your budget to £50, it would spend £50 and generate the most volume of clicks possible within that budget. Whether that means squeezing out one extra click at a cost per click of £40, it will do that. Maximize conversions is exactly the same, except rather than optimizing for clicks, it's optimizing for the ad groups or keywords that are most likely to generate conversions. And again, it would spend your entire budget in order to squeeze out that additional conversion if it feels it can. Um, so something to bear in mind with those two options, they're great, I guess, for newbie advertisers who just want to automate everything and just want to get as much traffic or as many conversions as possible out of their daily budget. But one thing that these bidding strategies don't factor in is profit or your cost per lead or cost per conversion. They just aim to spend your daily budget and get you as much traffic or conversions as possible. So maximize conversion value works on exactly the same basis really, except rather than optimizing for conversions or clicks, it's optimizing for revenue. So revenue output, and it will aim to spend your entire entire daily budget, but it will optimize your campaign to get the highest amount of revenue possible out of that daily budget. So this is another automated bidding strategy, right? Yes. And I was part of a discussion yesterday, I was looking at where uh, Google was recommending that advertisers switch on these automated strategies from day zero. I think it's got to do with the change we spoke about the other week about them using data from other advertisers, other sources. Is that something that an advertiser could potentially do with this maximized conversion value? So just from day zero, they can just say, this is my bidding strategy, go? Yes, they could. It used to be that you'd have to have historic conversion data. Uh, it's funny, actually, I was having this conversation with our Google account manager only the other day. And they said to me that the conversion algorithm that they're using or the, the algorithm that they're using for their machine learning is now so intelligent that it's factoring in competitor um, performance. It's factoring in other signals, real-time signals. And it's also factoring in lots of things. And I'm just going to quote them here. Lots of things that are confidential, in which they can't talk about. So they're really pushing the automated machine learning bidding strategies at the moment. I'm always very sceptical when people say things like, oh, it's confidential, can't tell of you. Because if this is a, you know, if this is a, a machine learning platform or AI they're using, then, you know, the secret source is going to be how all those different variables relate to each other in certain ways and give, you know, and are trained to give a certain output. But, I, you know, I... I can't see why they won't share what variables they're actually looking at to get to mm. those conclusions. Well, I can only speak for myself, but um, really machine learning, everyone says it is the future because it can factor so many processes in one go that the human mind cannot. And in theory, it should be able to look at all of the invisible signals that we don't have access to that Google does. So actually it makes sense to use Google's automated bidding. However, Google, and not a lot of people know this, but you can actually run split tests 
of bidding strategies in Google Ads. So you could split test Google's automated machine learning bidding with your own manual bidding. And I do that quite a lot because I think it's always good to keep testing these automated bidding strategies. But for me, it always works better when you manually manage manage them. And there are some. That's just a testament to you, though. Well, obviously, <laughs> I am a machine, but um, no, but no, I think. Um, you know, you see some of the things Google does with its automated bidding. You see it triple the cost per click sometimes, and lo and behold, return on investment reduces by 300%. Well, that's, you know, I could have said that that would have happened, you know. I just We're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet, but it may work for some people. So why don't just split test? Do a manual one versus an automated one and see which performs better. If the automated one performs better, go with the automated one. Another new update that um, we've just found out about is Google have introduced a new audience targeting method, which targets back to school, the back to school audience. So if there are any retailers that work in the children's fashion sector, for example, school clothes, stationery, Some protractors. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can target these people on the display network or the search network um, regardless of whether they're actively searching for back-to-school items or not. Google has obviously segmented this group of users um, into an identifiable audience that you can target. So um, I've just gained access to it on one account that's been whitelisted for testing it. So I've only just implemented it today, so I will look into how it performs. So this is just like an audience and account almost, isn't it, that Google's providing you? So they're saying, like, rather than you trying to ascertain um, what this audience wants or trying to trying to identify yourself through behaviours. They're just saying, look, from all our signals, we think these people are your back-to-school audience. Here they are, ready to go, plug-and-play kind of thing for your campaign. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Are there any other audiences like that Google are offering? Yeah, well, this particular audience set falls under the seasonal um, audience set which is new it's a new thing that they're trialing so I don't know what else that they're going to offer but other things that you can target are life-changing events so people who have recently become engaged people who are planning a wedding people who are about to move house all of these are audiences that Google um, has put together that allows you to easily target those people I guess if you wanted to do so via an automated campaign or um, whether you just wanted to bolt them onto your existing campaigns to help refine them. So I'm very likely on one of these life-changing event lists. Now. I'd say so, yes. <laughs> Brilliant, that's reassuring to know. Well, I think we're already at, yeah, we're already at almost 25 minutes. That's flown by. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm really glad and excited to be back doing the podcast again. We will be back next Monday, which will be the 9th of uh, September now. Wow, this year is flying through. And you can check out the show notes, get a transcription of this episode from our website as usual. You can go to search.withcanda.co.uk and get all of the resources we've been talking about. Apart from that, I hope you have a really great week and you get the rankings that you deserve. And I'll see you later.